Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to see each one of you here. I hope this morning that you have your Bibles with you. I hope you have something that you can write with um, because we are getting ready to cover something uh, that is of utmost importance for the church, for our life as a Christian. Matter of fact, one of the most important doctrines that we hang on, the doctrine of man, is going to find its beginning here. And so I want to make sure, because we're going to look at this, and we're going to kind of take the last part of Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through verse 31, we're going to kind of take it apart, and uh, because I want to make sure that you get the full context of what is taking place in verse 26 through verse 31. One of the things that we find occurring today and taking place today, and, and matter of fact, many are told this today, that we're nothing more than the result of blind forces of chance. It just so happened, everything just kind of occurred. And so by chance we are today, and matter of fact, and here's what culture will tell you also today, that you're nothing more than a cosmic accident. That's what you are. You're a cosmic accident, okay? Uh, the result of some blind forces of chance. You know, ultimately, the question that is being asked by many today and many that are seeking the answer for is twofold. And here's the way the question is framed. Number one is, who am I? And I will tell you, looking at all of the set of the most asked questions uh, throughout the world and throughout the age of human beings has been this, is who am I? But then the second question is very close to it, and it comes like this, it's why am I? So it's who am I and why am I? One dealing with who am I, in other words, looking at myself, the why am I, is there a purpose to all of Life that we find ourselves involved in today. So I want to go straight to the text. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through verse 31 is where we will be. But before we go to the text, I want us to, to take a moment and let's pray before we read the text. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet as we pray. Ask God's blessing on the text this morning. Pray for the Holy Spirit to open our hearts and minds to its truth. And that we would leave here today different than the way that we came in. Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, we thank you for what it contains. It is all sufficient for all of life. And Father, we know that it came from you. And so, Father, we look to you. We look to the Holy Spirit to illuminate our hearts and minds to its truth. And Father, we can live and be according to the way that you desire for us to be. And so, Father, as we look the beginnings of the doctrine of man that we hold to today. Uh, Father, may we leave today with encouraged hearts, with confidence. Uh, Father, knowing uh, that we serve a sovereign and a holy God. May we bring glory and honor to you today for all that's said and done. We ask all this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You can be seated. You would look at the text with me this morning, Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. We'll make our way down through verse 31. One of the things that I want you to see right off the bat, very important and very critical. And please do not lose sight of this because it starts off this way. Then 
God said. Doesn't get any plainer, doesn't get any clearer than that statement, okay? You don't need opinions, you don't need to go check other books, you don't need to go check anything else. You can rest solely on those three words, then God said. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. The Hebrew word for the man, uh, the, the name man there in verse 26, or for the word man, uh, the Hebrew word there is Adam, okay? And that's spelled like Adam, A-D-A-M, if you want to put it in English letters, okay? So it is the Hebrew word that we look at here. And in, in, in a few moments, what we're going to do, and let me say this. And let me just make this statement. Let us make man, okay? We could stop right there because that's, that's, that's a very important phrase. As a matter of fact, we're going to connect it a little bit more as we go through the message this morning. But I want you to notice it says, in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. or Have dominion over it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now we come to the next statement, verse 29. And I want you to notice what it says. Then God said. So what is it that he says this time? He said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth. And every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. Verse 31, And God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. It's an interesting word there for very. It is the Hebrew word mi'od. And here's what it means. It means exceedingly or of the highest degree. And so when God saw all that he had made, behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. So when we think of the text and we look at the text and we consider the doctrine of man, There are some things that I want you to see this morning that I think we've kind of lost sight of today as far as the church is concerned, and we're moving in a direction that I think is troublesome for the church today. So what does it mean to be created in the image of God? We use that phrase a lot, created in the image of God. I've been created in the image of God. If you're a human being, you've been created in the image of God But the question becomes this, in what sense then, in what sense are we in the image of God? What is is Moses, attributed as the author or the writer here of the book of Genesis, so what is it that he's trying to get across to us 
through the use of this phrase, the image or the likeness of God. Well, historically, it has been said that things like our morality, our sense of right and wrong, our ability to reason, our spirituality, and, and the list goes on, okay? I mean, it's, they, they just kind of add all of these things. It's depending on where you draw the list from, I mean, the list may be four or five things. It may be seven or eight things. But historically, that's the way it, that, it, that it was seen. And basically, scholars have argued whether the comparison to being created in the image of God and the likeness of God, whether or not it relates to that which is physical or to that which is spiritual. Because I will tell you right now, we're not given any more detail than what we find written in the Scripture right here. And then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So what is the emphasis of that? What is, what is the magnitude of that statement? Well, I want us to kind of take a look at the word image. As one writer puts it, here's what he said. Images are created to image. And when you think about that, that is true. Images are created Images are put in place to do what? To image. Well, when you look at verse 26, there's a word in there. It's the word image. I want you to think about that word image with me for just a moment. It comes from the Hebrew word salem. And it means or has the meaning something that is inscribed, a replica or of or a likeness. And so we consider that. We're, we're an image bearer. We're... We're created in his likeness. And so what is it that we should be bearing? What is it that we should be an image of? And those are the type of things that we struggle with because one of the desires of our life as a Christian, as a believer, is that we would be that image bearer of God and who he is. And when we consider the magnitude of God and the things and the privileges that we have created in his own image and Created in his likeness, but what does that really mean for me as a believer? Let me share something with you this morning. Maybe that will help. God created us in his image so that we would reflect or communicate who he is, his glory, how great he is, and what he is like. And that, that, that is for us. I mean, God created us in his image to do that. It's to be a reflection of. It's to be an image of. It's an image bearer. That's who we are. To do what? And God's desire, even throughout the Old Testament, was even the nation of Israel themselves, the Jewish people themselves, would be a testimony to the glory of God himself, to all of the Gentile nations that were around them. Well, my dear friend, this morning, when we consider the magnitude of created in his image and in his likeness, our desire today ought to be an image of him, reflective of who he is to all of those around us who need him so desperately today. To see him for who we are, for them to look at us, for them to see us, for us to be a reflection of who he is. You know, I think sometimes we get this thing kind of, kind of upside down, but the image of God is not so much something that man has as something that man is. It's not something that we just have. It's, it's who we are. It's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's our being. It's, it's, it's who we've created to be by, 
by God himself. Matter of fact, if you'll take your Bibles and turn with me to Genesis chapter 9 and verse number 6. Genesis chapter 9 and verse number 6. I want to just kind of run the word image through just a little bit for you to see. Because it's not just Genesis chapter 1 that we find this reference to image. Genesis chapter 9, because the significance of being created in the image of God is a doctrinal statement. Genesis chapter 9 and verse number 6, I want you to notice what it says. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God, he made man. Do you see that? In the image of God, he made man. Let's go to James chapter 3. We'll go all the way back to the New Testament. James chapter number 3. James chapter 3. And it's interesting because we go all the way from Genesis all the way to the book of James. And guess what? We're going to see this image. Let me share something with you today. That image hadn't changed. Let me tell you why. Because God doesn't change. So therefore the image hadn't changed. So James chapter 3, we find something else very interesting here in verse 9. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's start in verse 8. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless, evil And full of deadly poison. Verse 9. With it, we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse men at the same time. But I want you to notice what James says. Who have been made in the likeness of God. Let's go back to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10. Talking about the old self and the new self here. want you to notice beginning in Colossians chapter 3. Look at verse 9. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. Verse 10, and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to what? To the image of the one who created him. So you've watched this image move all throughout scripture. And so it must be something important for us to understand and realize that we have been created in his image and in the likeness of God himself to be a what? To be an image bearer. To be an image bearer of what? To be an image bearer of his very glory and who he is. And so our lives ought to depict that. Our lives, it ought to be seen through our lives. But how really important is this subject. Well, let's go back to Genesis chapter 1, and then we're going to go to Genesis chapter number 5, and I just want to draw something together for you. And let me just say this from the pulpit. There is a big push today to do away with in the Scripture, to produce and come out with 
a translation of Scripture today, and I just want to show you how important this doctrinal statement that we find in Genesis chapter 1 is. There is a big push today to come out with Bibles now that are gender neutral. Completely gender neutral. And so what I want you to draw this morning from this message is something that's very important as to why we hold to the doctrine of man. Matter of fact, oftentimes in the scripture you find human beings or humankind because what they want to do is replace mankind with humankind. They want to get rid of all of the specific male-female pronouns and go to simply neutral. Let me tell you what, that is a, that's a bad road to be on. Because I will say this, the scripture, and I'm going to show it to you this morning, is specific. Matter of fact, God himself, verse 26, the first three words is, Then God said, Let us make man a dom in our image and in our likeness. That word man there is significant. Adam, as it has been placed there, okay, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God himself. Now, I know there is this big push today because we have done poorly, we've done a poor job of showing the relationship between men and women in the ministry and the work of God. And so it has come out today that if you're a woman, you're more of a lesser, lower level, okay, when it comes to the things of God. And let me share something with you. That is not the case. You say, preacher, how do you know that's not the case? Well, if you look here, okay, in verse 27, you will see that use of the word man, Adam, is the Hebrew word means to all human beings. It's all of mankind, okay, or humankind. That's who it is which incorporates both male and female. So when you look at verse 27, I want you to notice something. God created man in his own image, in the image of of God, he created him. But I want you to notice it's a use of a general term for all of humankind, and now he specifies only two of who they are, male and female. And let me say something to you this morning. I don't apologize for it. I didn't write it. I didn't place it there. I'm not the creator. God is, and that's the way God created them. Then God said, the point's very clear. But we're also to be an image bearer. We're to bear the very image of God himself. And so in our lives, guess what it ought to do? It ought to bring honor and glory to the one who created us. Well, let's go to chapter 5. So a lot of people are wanting to move to a more neutral position. Here's what I say. Why don't we just give it the way God gives it? Things would be a whole lot simpler if we would just stick to the way that God sees it, okay? Instead of us coming up with our own thoughtful opinions of what we think that it really ought to be. Chapter 5, verse 1 and verse 2. I want you to notice this is a very... A very important connection here from chapter 1, verse 26, over to chapter 5, verse 1 and verse 2. This is the book of the generations of Adam. And you notice Adam there, okay? In the day, now watch this, when God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and he blessed them. 
And he named them. And I want you to notice now, he named them. And that's what I want you to see. He named them. What? He named them male and female. He named them man. Thus, man, when the Bible makes reference to man, okay, in a general term, he's making a reference to male and female. Listen, it doesn't take rocket science to figure that out. That's who they are. And so, in verse 2, he created them male and female, and he blessed them, and he named them man in the day when they were created. So, I have a simple question for you. So, when... We go through and we begin to refer to all this. Why don't we just refer to them the same way that God refers to them? It's man. It's mankind. That's not a derogatory term. Matter of fact, we're made in the likeness of God. Are you ready for this? God called them man. And so if God called them man, what should we call them? Man. Created underneath that, male and female. All right, let's go back to Genesis chapter 1. Here's something else about image bearers. As image bearers, we can hear and receive God's word. No other creature can do that. I mean, I have two calves out in the pasture, okay? I could go out there and read them the Bible all day long, and guess what? It's not going to change a thing. Tell you why? Because they're animals, Okay? We're set apart. We're different from the animals. We're that uniqueness. We are the crowning. We are the climax. We are the capstone of all creation. That We are able to hear and receive the very word of God. And no other creature can do that. Period. This also means, though, This is a part we don't like to go here, but here's something else we need to understand and realize. This also means that we are responsible, moral, spiritual beings. And we have a responsibility. So let me ask you a question today. Do you know why you're here? Do you know why you're created? You were created to bear the image of of God, a reflection of Him. You think about the magnitude of that. So my question is, is, how well are we doing that? How well are we accomplishing that? Here's the other question that we have to ask ourselves is, why am I? Okay, so that's wonderful that I'm created in the image of God. So what? Why am I? What, what, what's, my purpose? what's my purpose in life? Well, let me take all of this this morning from the text, from the doctrinal position down to an application that, okay, that's great that what we see. And at the closing of chapter 1 of Genesis, verse 31, I want you to notice at the end of all of it, God said that this is very good, every single bit of it. it would, in other words, it was exceedingly Good. It was of the highest degree good. There is nothing else that could have made it any more perfect than when God finished it. So thus God was able to say it's very good. And that's all fine, well, and good, and we've got all this here. But what does it mean to us? How do we take this and apply it in our own lives? Well, think about it this way. We're living creatures made by God 
with the unique capacity to mirror and to reflect his glory. That's why. So I want to give you a couple of things this morning that will help. Number one, we're created. And when we understand and realize what I'm getting ready to say, I think it will really help us. We were created by God to reflect his glory. And all that we do, what did Paul say? He said, whatever you do, do all for what? The glory of God. Whether you eat or drink or live, whatever you do, do what? Do all for the glory of God. Let me tell you why. We're created in his likeness. We're created in his image. As an image bearer, to bear what? To bear his glory in all that we do. Every aspect of our life, regardless of where we may find ourselves. So we are. We were also created, number two, we were created to have dominion over the earth. People make fun of me. It's okay. I got broad shoulders. I got pretty thick skin. Okay? People make fun of me because I talk to my chickens. I even talk to the calves. And some of y'all are looking at me like, you talk to chickens? Yeah. How many of y'all talk to posts? Anybody? Or to mirrors? Mm-hmm. Tell me you don't stand in the mirror sometimes and after you've got yourself all ready to go, say, mm-hmm. I'm pretty good looking, aren't I? Huh? Tell me you don't do that. Fluff that hair and all that kind of good stuff. Okay. We're created to have dominion over all of creation. And let me tell you what that means. We're to be stewards of it. We're to be the husbandmen of it. And you say, well, how do you know that? Well, what did God do with Adam when he created Adam? He placed him in the garden to do what? To be the husbandman. To be the steward, the caretaker, to tend to. The question today is how well are we tending to and taking care of and stewarding what God has given to us? Hold on. We're created in his image, in his likeness, for his glory, to reflect his glory. And he also gave us dominion over all of creation. Significant, isn't it? Say, well, how do you know that? Turn with me to Psalm 115 and verse 16. Psalm 115 and verse 16. It's not my opinion. Let's just take what the Lord says. Psalm 115. And I hope you underline this. Because this is what I want you to see. Okay? Not only created in his image to reflect his glory, but number two, to have dominion over all of the earth. Look at Psalm 115 in verse 16. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord. But the earth he has given to what? To the sons of men. But what are we doing with it? What are we doing? 
How important is it to us? So at the conclusion of all of this, and as, as we find ourselves in the end of all of this, here comes the other question. So where is our hope then? My question to you this morning is, okay, so he created us, and we're created in his image and in his likeness, and so all of this thing, the list goes on and on and on, but, but at the end of the day, if, if, if that's all we do is stop here, where have we come to? We have to con- listen, you have to continue this discussion. You can't just stop right there. So what is the continuation of the discussion? So now comes the question is, where is our hope then? If we're created in his image and in his likeness, but where is our hope? It's in Christ. Now I want you to watch this with me this morning because we're going there. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15. It is in Christ who is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. And that's an interesting passage of scripture as well. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. Verse 16, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, where the thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So, where is our hope? Our hope is in the very one who is the exact replica. He is the exact replica of God himself. That's Jesus Christ. And through him, Knowing and taking this then and connecting it back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and verse 27, when there was this communication in heaven about the creation of man, we know that Jesus was present there at the same time as well as the Holy Spirit of God. So we find the Godhead as they make this decision to create man and create him who? In the likeness of God himself and in his own image What's the significance of this? So where's our hope? Our hope lies ultimately where? In Jesus Christ. He is the exact image of God's being. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 1 in verse 3. I told you you'd need your Bibles today. Hope you had them. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse number 3. Even the writer of Hebrews speaks to this relationship. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 through verse 3. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers, in the prophets in many portions and in many ways in these last days, has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through him also he made the world. Let me tell you what that is. That's an affirmation to creation of Genesis chapter number 1 itself. 
where the Word of God affirms exactly what's written in the Word of God, that the world was made. But look at verse number 3. And He is the radiance of His glory. And the, okay, it doesn't get any clearer this, and the exact representation, exactly, of His nature, and upholds all things by the word of His power. John chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. When he has made, when he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Exact image of God's being. So where's our hope light lies in Jesus Christ today? So to kind of bring all of this together, the destiny of believers in Christ, the destiny of us who are in Christ is to be in his image. And that includes everything that was suggested in our being created in God's image in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Paul said, whether you eat or whether you drink, Whatever you do, do what? All to the glory of God. Created in his image and his likeness for what? To reflect his glory. That's who we should be. We should be image bearers. We should be reflectors of who he is. And I hate to say this to you, but you're never going to know fully who he is unless you spend time with him. When you want to know more about the one that you're to be the image bearer of? To be an image bearer that's pleasing to him? You see, to answer all the questions this morning, who am I, why am I? You see, the life from the creator has purpose. The greatest purpose that there is in all of life, you ready for this, is to reflect the glory of the creator of heaven and earth. That's what it is. So how well are we doing that today? Would you bow your heads together with me as we pray?